What's going on, good people, and welcome into Audio Bistro. I am Austin Krieger, and I'll be your host, your server, your head chef, whatever the hell you want to call me. But at the end of the day, I started up Audio Bistro to highlight talented artists or bands across any genre of indie or EDM music as really a way to drive new ear holes and eyeballs to their music. This platform is all about showing you the artists or artists behind the music in long-form conversations, so when you ultimately go and listen to their music immediately following an episode, you'll feel more connection to the work they're putting in uh, to bring in you these glorious sounds. Be sure to catch a new episode of Audio Bistro every Tuesday and watch for new playlists to drop every two weeks, and at the end of every month, we will be featuring a playlist for just the artists we had on that month. Thanks for checking out Audio Bistro. Let's dive in. All right, well, welcome in to Audio Bistro. Episode one, very special guest, Christian Sparacio. I'm saying that right, Christian? Christian Sparaccio. It's all good. Okay. Christian Sparaccio. I look oh, like yeah. an ass on my very nice. first episode. <laughs> Starting hot. Um, but Christian and I actually go go back a little bit. Um, we How did we sync up? It was over... Um, Carolina, I think. Carolina. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One, one of my close friends, wife now. Knows Christian. She's from New Jersey, right? No, I think she's from Mass. I met her in college at Colby in Maine. That's right. So very obscure connection going from <laughs> Maine to meeting you over the internet to when you were in where Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. So it's like Maine, New Jersey, Minnesota, now Seattle. Yeah, all over the place. We're, back. We're just globe trotters, man. That's the way we got to be, though. Back in Minnesota, I thought I knew how to make music, and here I am now trying to highlight people who do make music still. You did know how to make music, and you still do, man. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. Um, but now here we are. Goal here is to give you a little bit of shine because you've been making music for a while now. You just dropped a new track, Casino. It's lovely. For those who Thanks, haven't man. listened to Casino by Christian, get out there. We'll have uh, plenty of links out there to get you to Casino. Um, let's talk about New Jersey right away. I have some questions on that. Yeah. Um, a lot of lot of stereotypes about New Jersey. We're all aware of them: the Guido, oh, yeah. the gambling, which is why I thought <laughs> the the name of Casino was funny. I was like, well, how bad did you have to mess up at the casino to write a song about a casino? <laughs> um, but for real, important questions first. You know, are you a believer in the Jersey Devil? That's funny that you say that. I was just thinking about that the other day because. I used to be a huge Devils fan as a kid, um, and then one thing led to another. They, they like went on strike, and I've been. A, I'm a like I'm sure this will come up, but I, I love football. I played football in college and played my whole life, so kind of usurped hockey, and I just focused on football. But since I've tried to get back into it, been rooting for the Rangers, but still a Devils fan. And I was like, where does that Devils thing come from? That's like deep South Jersey Pine Barren stuff. So I'm in Central Jersey, and if you talk to people from Jersey or are familiar, there's like south and north jersey and then i'm in central which some people will argue doesn't exist but it does and it's funny the jersey devil is like down south like ho-punk jersey people hopefully they're not listening right now but i give it like a one out of ten chance that it's not just like some crazy new jersey dude in the middle of the woods tripping balls like thinking there's <laughs> so a devil. essentially the sasquatch out here in seattle same thing 100 percent, just there's some no big way. grizzly dude yeah, but there's some creepy history in New Jersey. It's got way more than you think it does. I don't know if I need to know that. I know I, what I do know. So let me see. I'm I'm, ass, I'm assume this Jersey Devil then is a Duncan guy. Are you a are you Wawa? Or are you Duncan? Oh, dude. I mean, they're so different. Like, in my opinion, like Wawa 
absolutely destroys Duncan because Duncan, they put it in that gross little fake, like, uh, like the food wise, like, mm-hmm. um, they put it in the gross little like microwave oven thing. And then it's like these pre-made eggs, at least at Wawa, you can get like a decent sandwich. You can get like little milkshakes. Sometimes you can even get groceries at some of them and you can get gas Duncan. It's like, all right, here's some like kind of shitty coffee. And then like, they definitely got them beat on the donuts and bagels. But like, if you're going to be in Jersey anyway, like you're going to go get a donut or a bagel at like an actual place that specializes in that. So not a lover of Duncan, dude. Big, big that's Wawa fair. guy though. That's fair. So, so for context, Wawa, that's like a, it's a ultra convenient store type of gas station type of deal, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a sheets, I, I guess. Like a, is that what it is? Like a, or a, there's another place. I forgot the name, but you're getting the idea. They exist yeah. all over of different names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out my people back in Wisconsin, Minnesota. We got something called Quick Trip very similar to Wawa. It's just like, it's yeah. home away from home. You go there, you get your gas, you get, you get dinner for the night, you get lunch for the night. Hell, I got yeah, friends who dude. door, I got friends who DoorDash from Quick Trip, this convenience store gas station. <laughs> and, uh, unless you've had yeah. the food there, you wouldn't understand, um, what that, what that hot, what that hot, uh, the hot plate looks like where they got all the chicken sammies, the chicken tenders. Oh, oh dude. It's just like Wawa. They got the same thing. I used to get like, like, uh, like stuffed ravioli from Wawa after school, <laughs> like like the place there, like f- or fried ravioli and like just right from the register, like hot rack, dude. There's nothing like it. It's it's a comfort food, man. Do uh do they sell Taylor ham there? Oh, dude, I call it pork roll. Tell people tell people about Taylor ham and and why you get offended when people misrepresent Taylor ham. It's funny. Did you just like Google New Jersey stereotypes? <laughs> I know shit. What are you talking about? That's so been funny. A, they been around the no, block twice. Yeah, that's true. No, the uh yeah, so I mean, I'm not personally like super I'm not like super committed to all these like crazy little arguments in Jersey, but I'm a witness to them. And I think like when you get to a certain line in New Jersey, like a uh, town, they start calling it Taylorham and then once you get south of that line, they call it pork roll. And I'm pretty sure they're the exact same thing, except like Taylor ham was like a brand of pork roll. Like, I'm not sure that I don't quote me on that, but I think, and it's just like a, basically a giant, like bologna sausage thing that you slice up and cook. And it's like a breakfast meat. I don't know if everyone even knows what it is, but it's, I mean, it's delicious, man. It's something I'm sure have torn apart families, uh, ruined yeah. friendships. Ruined Thanksgiving time and time again, man. Damn. Well, I guess let's keep it. Let's keep it to New Jersey. Then one one other question has been burning in my mind. You got you got the football background. You're you're a sports oh, yeah. guy yourself. Um, you lose any friendships over debating Giants or Jets? I'm sure that's something that's come up a few times. Uh yeah. Luckily, like I'm a huge Jets fan, and I but I come from I'm like sorry. obviously an area where I know, dude, it sucks. So it's kind of hard to. The thing is, the Jets and the Giants don't play each other. So it's not like a... It's one of those things where if the Jets suck and like we're out of the playoffs, but the Giants are in the playoffs, like I'll root for the Giants because it's like a regional thing. Just like mm-hmm. how I'm rooting for the Rangers because they're mm-hmm. in the playoffs and the, and the Devils aren't. Like, mm-hmm. not that many arguments between the two. Maybe you can talk about legacy and like who rules New York. Yeah, there's arguments there. Um, but the real argument, dude, is like with the Patriots fans. Like going to school in Maine, bro. Like that was the worst. Like surrounded by this these Boston kids that oh, just like they speak and you're like I'm gonna punch you in the mouth. <laughs> Entirely, I love them though. Like ha- most of my friends are from there, but yeah. 
most of, most of them have have paid money to see you live, so so you love them all ultimately. Yeah, exactly. They support me, but exactly. they do wear Patriots uh, jerseys to the shows. Unfortunately, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what that's like. Just being from Wisconsin and close to the border with Illinois, a lot of Bears fans by mm-hmm. me. Of course, here's a music podcast. And we're talking about football right off the bat. Why not? Yeah, I know, um, right? But but I, I love seeing the the rivalry. Um, I figured yeah. I figured the Jets Giants ones. I don't have a lot of people I know who are fans of either, so it was something that I've been wanting to ask someone who's actually from there what that what that looks like. So. Yeah, I think the Philly like rivalry too. It's kind of like that is a little bit more because I have friends. I went to school high school outside of, of Philly, and a lot of my friends are Eagles fans, and they have more of an attitude than the Giants fans. Like they're annoying, man. Like they're they're almost they're kind of like trashy versions of like Patriots fans in a way, like. Like it's kind of, I'm not going to try to disparage them too much on on record, but uh, that's an interesting dynamic there that I you're talking you're talking to a backup Eagles fan. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're my number two. I, I grew know, up man. one of the, there was an Eagles player was my favorite player growing up, so I've been a backup Eagles fan Who's my whole that? life too. Who's your favorite player though? Donovan McNabb. Oh damn! I thought you were going to say like Brian Dawkins, and I was like, okay, I respect. Oh, he it. was sick. Dude, no, Dude, Brian Mc- Dawkins. Oh. Sick, but I mean, it was McNabb. He was the first like when I started playing Madden video games. It was Donovan McNabb was the first dude who could really like scramble out of the pocket for yeah. when I started playing that game. And he was so dynamic on that video game, just get me freakish, freakish kind of yards. So oh, I was yeah. like, man, I gotta do, I gotta roll with Donovan. I thought the Eagles were like a chill yeah. looking logo. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'm gonna be an Eagles fan behind the, yeah. if the Packers ever just like suck one year. I'm gonna be an Eagles fan. Hey, I'm I'm a big fan of Donovan McNabb too, but. I mean, some days, man, when I'm reminiscing about football, it's like midnight. I can't sleep. Throwing a Brian Dawkins highlight video. Good luck yeah. sleeping, bro. I'm gonna go like <laughs> go build a house, then tear it down in two hours after watching that thing, dude. Build that house, run through it. Exactly. Rebuild exactly. it. <laughs> Just do that until I fall asleep. Yup. No oh, man. Yep. Hell yeah, dude. No, I, I love that time. I mean, it makes me think back to being a kid in innocent times. All we had to worry oh, yeah. about was uh, who our favorite football player was, and now, now here we are trying to do grown yeah. adult things. You're you're touring around, you're doing some good things with your music. Um, been following you for a little bit now. Um, like I said, we were just talking about uh, you were just in at the Mercury Lounge in New York on the 16th. Mm-hmm. So, so two days ago, how was how was that? How'd that go? I saw a couple I saw a couple clips, but yeah, man, it was great. It, I mean, it's it's an iconic venue like for smaller touring acts, you know. And I've gotten to see a lot of cool acts that I really enjoy there. Um, so being able to play there was, you know, bucket list for me. You know, given it, it was a Monday night, like it was rainy, but you know, all my core fans showed up because they show up no matter what. And I made a lot of new friends, and you know, went and played with a an artist called uh, she goes by Nelly, um, and we actually wrote a song together, and that'll be my next release um, too, Ooh. which I'm stoked about, which I'll I'll talk about later, but. All in all, man, like been really cool, like being able to do stuff like that, especially in a slow uh, show setting with with COVID. You'd think it would be over, but a lot of these places are still kind of creeping back and people are still trying to get more comfortable with it. So it's cool to be able to, you know, take advantage of these little opportunities as they come and Mm -hmm. uh, and really, you know, revel in them because they're few and far between sometimes. You're going to have to ask her how she deals with her career being named going by Nelly when you got Nelly. You I know, know hot right. in here, Nelly. How she handles that? If she ever gets mistaken. Yeah. Nelly. Well, she doesn't N E L L I E. So she's, okay. she's she's got. I think that's like her actual name, like her birth name. So I think Fair she enough. just rolled with it. But 
At least it's not Sparaccio, like hard to spell. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's somewhere I might just mispronounce it on the beginning yeah. of the first ever podcast. Like <laughs> small things, whatever. I'm joining the club, man. Everybody <laughs> says it wrong. I, I mean, my last name's Krieger, and I swear to God, I'll tell people it's Krieger, and then one minute later they'll say Kruger, and it's like that's not what I said. But, you know, I, at this point I'm done correcting people. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, shit. My family's apparently the weird one for – going by Krieger in the first place. It's K-R-U-E-G-E-R, so technically it should be Kruger. Uh, I, I I couldn't tell you who started to say Krieger. They must have just been like, let's be outcasts. Let's be weird about it. Let's go back Krieger. And I guess it would make sense given my family yeah, dynamic. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm in the same boat, man. I got part of my family that says it differently too, so it's like a weird balance, and I've gotten Scarpaccio. I've gotten, like, Scarapini, and it's like, where did you even get it? It's not even SC. Like, I don't know how you got this. So it's pretty funny, man. What's 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 the atmosphere usually look like at a concert of yours? What what do you get the crowd into? How do they how do they react to your music when they when they're hearing it live? Hell yeah, no, that's a great question, man. Um, it's funny. I've actually it's cool that you asked that because I've been kind of re, like finding my live performance sort of like persona as uh, if that's a good way to put it. Like, so I kind of try to obviously craft a set that I want people to really engage with their emotions, especially like, you know, love is really important to me. So if you're there with someone you love, I want you to like really be mindful of that moment and like appreciate it. I want you to, you know, reminisce about the nostalgia that you're sort of feeling in the songs. But then I want you to feel deeply like the energy when I like through that emotion, when I'm experiencing it myself you know, I want you to kind of feel that it's all like an aura kind of thing. And I want the room to kind of engage in this and have like all our auras kind of come into one. So like, I love opening up like real slow, you know, and have people just like creep up and not even say a word and like say my song, baby blue, really chill, like emotional, get people kind of just swaying back and forth. And they're, they're like caught in a moment immediately. And then I'll like throw some jokes out there. I like to have like my singing and like performing is like really deep in emotion and and sort of like almost romantic, not necessarily in like a love way, like a like a like a not like a sexually romantic way, but just romantic life way. It could be sometimes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, for people who've never heard your music, uh, I don't know why they haven't yet, but I, I mean. To set the scene a little bit, Christian's more you get what call it indie folk, um, singer songwriter. So. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of it's really, it's chill. It's great to listen to. So you know when you're talking about the scene you're setting, it makes I'm trying to th- I'm thinking back to like, you know Baby Blue. Um, what's a suburban song you just made? Oh, um, suburban movie song. Yeah, yeah. That song slaps. You know, so I'm trying to think back at your tracks and you're saying this. I was like, you know what? That actually that makes sense. I could see myself in this show now. Listen to this and this. This is all making sense. The romance, the uh, but knowing you, you got you got a, a funny vibe. I, I, the, yeah, not, funny, not a bad way. It's the way you the way you style yourself is is hilarious. I love it. You always got the the white socks pulled up. Yeah, you exactly. Some, yeah. You got some funky swag. I'm all about it. I appreciate that. No, and I try to play on that. Like I I enjoy like, you know, really like the rich emotional content, and then juxtapose that in between songs with like silly jokes and get people laughing like kind of like i like that sort of what would you call it like a duality in a way uh because that's just me as a person like that's just who i am you know 
I love joking around with my friends, like being super outgoing personally, but then I also like, <laughs> like writing and talking about love and romance and, and life and nostalgia and all this stuff. So I like to try to demonstrate that in a set. So, I mean, yeah, fun. I mean, your music kind of, I mean, kind of takes you back. You said nostalgia. That's a great, great word. When you listen to it, it kind of takes you back to a simpler time, right? Um, I mean, especially when you're, when you're thinking about, man. I mean, we can talk about Casino right now if you want. I mean, that's the one I was yeah. kind of thinking. I was like, I, I hear the song. I was like, all right, here's a dude from New Jersey. How much money did he lose? Where now he's writing about Casino. How <laughs> it sounds like, you know, you hate. There's no windows, smoke filled. I was like, man, dude had a bad time in a casino. We're talking lost a $1,000 at least. <laughs> uh, but that's not what the song's about, right? I mean, the song's about getting out there, it sounds like, right? Why, why don't you dive into a little bit, you know, what Casino's about? Yeah, man. No, it's it's definitely an interesting song because... I'm not a gambler. Like, my dad was super, super specific to me. He was like, do not be a gamble. It's terrible. So I was like, okay. Smart pop. Perfect. So I had, like, avoided casinos my whole life. And then my buddy uh, tel goes by Telco. He's a musician. Uh, you probably, if you haven't heard of him, he's cool. Check him out. We did a, a little cover together. But uh, anyway, I went on his bachelor party to the Hard Rock Hotel in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And, like, if you've never been there, we went during the winter like the only people there were like us because it was a bachelor party and then just degenerate gamblers like people that were ruining their lives with gambling um and it was depressing because the thing i noticed was like the casino is designed to trap you there like there's tons of lights there's no windows there's they literally never turn the lights off and you can't see outside so you have no idea what time it is and they're constantly coming up to you. They give you free booze if you're playing a game. You know what I mean? So, like, mm -hmm. you don't have to move from whatever thing you're at. Um, and so it's just designed to play on those vices that you have. And it really upset me um, because, you know, I met really nice people there that, that were just, like, ruining their lives. Um, and, you know, so I, like, if you listen to the chorus, it's it's like, I always wondered why, if I were a betting man... I'd say this place ain't made for me. So close the windows, pack the car, not following you. So it's basically me like saying, this is not where I belong. And it's that, that uncomfortable feeling you have when you're in a place where you don't belong and you recognize it, but you are trapped there for three days with friends because it's a bachelor party and you have to be nice and be at the bachelor party. It was jarring. So like, as soon as I got back, I wrote that song and it was like, just like being in a place, surrounding yourself with people that are like you, that have similar goals and, you know, like you said, simple. I'm not a complicated person. Like, give me a, a house with like a porch and a rocking chair and a guitar and a whatever, man, and a beer. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds lovely. I mean, when I moved out, that reminds me when I moved out to Washington. Actually, before I did, the first time I ever came out to Washington, granted. So think about this. Wisconsin, Minnesota, a lot of farmland. It's flat everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's boring as hell. You fall mm -hmm. asleep just going straight for just unthinkable amount of hours. I get out to Washington, and one of the first things I see that I was like, shit, was that inspiring for no good reason, was this big-ass house I could probably never afford. And I remember seeing their uh, their balcony, their, their patio in the back, uh, their porch, whatever. And I just kind of looked like what that would be looking at if I was, like, sitting on it. And it's just an untouched view of all mountains. I was like, yeah. <laughs> right all dude. i need in life is that porch a chair my morning coffee and yep. that view of the mountains yep if that's my day i'm good 
let me roll back right inside, on. go to bed, do it all tomorrow. Exactly, man. No, and and no, no hate. Like people struggle with gambling, man. Like the reason it upset me is because, like, they're just taken advantage of. Like I wanted to like grab them and be like, all right, let's get you into like a rehab or something. But I'm not. I don't have the the resources for it, you know. But so it really was jarring. And and luckily, no, I, I dodged. Uh, I dodged losing too much money. I gave myself a hard stop at like three hundred bucks, because um, <laughs> I, I lost it all immediately. And I was like, shit. So, I mean, that's uh, got that's tough thing where you're from. I mean, sports gambling, I mean, oh, dude. especially in this day and age. I mean, it's it's tempting. Thankfully, in Washington, like you have to go into the casino and actually do it physically at the casino. I was like, no, nah, I just don't have the capacity to want to drive to the casino and bet sports as tempting as that is. But like, we well, got sports bets legal like crazy. I mean, I have plenty of friends oh, who yeah. gamble, family that you know does sports stuff. You know, DraftKings. You know. Uh, the barstool sports oh, yeah. book and whatnot. Like, it's a lot of really fun things out there. I'm just like, you know, toss around some money. So it's like, it's impressive that you've lived where you have your whole life and you stayed away from it. I mean, that's good, a good parenting on your and your pa's part. It sounds like. Yeah, I think it's a testament to when you when you see people in your family like really screw themselves up with a certain thing. You know, that's as much a gift to me. Their suffering was like a a, a gift of like I got to observe it and then be like, I don't want to be like that. You know, and then my dad kind of, you know, emphasized that as well. So I was able to kind of avoid it. And, you know, I'll play around. Like, I'll, I'll bet, like, who's going to score first in the Super Bowl? I'll throw, like, oh, I'll split a $100 bet with my brother. You know, BS like that. But, like, I stay away from it because I know that it's a slippery slope. And I know that if I start, it might, like, catch some gene that I didn't realize I had, you know? It's just like it just might flick some tick on that's like, dude, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm scared of myself, dude. <laughs> The, the animal I could become. I mean, Dude, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll usually pull out a hundred dollars. I'll go, I'll go sit my ass on the, on the uh, blackjack table and I'll, I'll see how it rolls for a little bit. And then, um, once that hundred dollars is turned to zero, eventually, um, I'm sure there'll be some ebbs and flows, but generally ends up back at zero. Then I'm uh, good to find my way out. Hey but, man, uh, everything in moderation. If you got the money for it and it's a recreational, I'm all for it, man. You know, absolutely i just yeah, spend too much absolutely. money on music to be able to afford to gamble so you could call music Man. gambling bro i'm gambling my that, life for sure and dude and so i'm, I'm happy you said that because that's a big reason why i wanted to start this so you know we we touched on it earlier i i was dabbling around myself with making music early some some stuff um and it seemed like i was buying thing after thing just to try to like give myself any kind of leg up to uh make the sound better as i'm trying to like find a sound you know what i really like what i want my sound to be when i'm putting it out there and, you know, it's like buying the the the, process, the the audio, the mixer, the the headphones, the the MIDI keyboard, the software. It's like thing after thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, this is a lot. And trying to juggle it with, you know, a job, you know, it just becomes a lot. And, you know, you work yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's that's when I finally stopped making music and, and shifted to, you know, what could I do to still be involved in music, but not exactly making music. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I used to play instruments when I was a kid, not as much these days anymore, which I'm tr- I want to pick back up guitar and piano more. And, you know, I've kind of been messing around with learning guitar more, but how can I start a platform that, you know, can kind of help out artists get their, their sound out there? You know, they're, they're investing so much in themselves. Whereas, you know, how can I kind of make it a little bit easier for them? You know, I don't, I don't want to charge artists any money to come on here and talk. You know, I want to give them a platform to talk about themselves and where I can, you know, put their stuff out there for other people to hear. Because the other part about making music is, yeah, you're spending money on the stuff. You're spending, you know, time is time is money. Um, and then there's the trying to promote yourself, trying to get your name out there. 
you know, creating that image around yourself. You know, you got a real cool Instagram. You know, you just do your funny, wild shit. You know, you're just yourself and you can tell it wholeheartedly. But it's like, so how can I, like, help you out as you're putting in all this effort? You know, that's kind of what inspired Audio Bistro, just kind of seeing the back the backside of music. And I have a couple friends make music themselves and they invest so much into, mm. into finding, finding yourself through music. And it's like, it's, sometimes you kind of lose track and I want to help people just get, get their stuff out there. You know, like yourself, you, you promote yourself incredible, but it's like, that's kind of the idea behind Audio Bistro. Um, Hell yeah, man. Is that, but... Um, wanna, before I forget here, I want to touch on something when we were talking about your show, because you've done... Man, keep in count how many shows you've done now? Probably well over 100? Yeah, I mean, it depends on, like, this size. But, like, if you're counting me being solo, like, just driving and playing a show, I've done quite a bunch. Yeah. Got what? anything off the top of your mind? Most embarrassing moment from a show? You ever get any bras thrown up on you? I feel like that'd be, like, a, a bucket list thing. Be so popular to get bras thrown up at <laughs> It you. would be cool, but, like, once you see me live, you'd be like... I'm more likely to like have someone come over to me and I don't know why this is. This is happens to my mom too. I think it's just our personalities. People like meet me after shows and like spill their problems to me. And like <laughs> Your just music resonates. Yeah, and they're just like, Oh man, like oh and it's not like like instead of getting like the like the cool stuff where someone's like, Yo, you wanna go out to a club and like I'll pay for everything, they're like, Hey man, you wanna sit next to me and listen to this thing that really hurt my feelings and I'll be like, Sure, man. <laughs> Like, great. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's funny. But embarrassing stuff, dude. I'm trying to think. So many embarrassing... Like, for me, though, like, I don't really get embarrassed. Like, I don't really care because I know it's part of the like the road. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know stuff. But even on Monday, dude, like, we we were sort of out of practice because, like, um, my trumpet player was in... He lives in Manhattan. And then my drummer was doing some other stuff and i had just started a new job so like everything was all haywire and so we had planned to end the set with a song that um you have to tune the guitar a full step down and i like didn't practice doing it i've done it a million times but when you're on stage and people are watching you and you have to talk to them like while you're tuning it down and keep them entertained it took so long it was so embarrassing because it was just like dead silent for the last song after like a sick set so imagine just in a room, people are waiting and staring at you and you're just like, oh my God, like, okay, one second, one second. Like that was brutal, dude. But then once you get in the song, like my thought process is like, they're going to forget that that happened once I slay this song. Yeah, so. that's absolutely, I'm sure you saw a couple dads out there. All right, honey, let's, uh, let's pack it up. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. Let's... You see people cause they're there to support you, but like it gets to a point where it's like, it's Monday, I need to go eat dinner. Like it's pouring outside. So I even get like worried that people, you know, you get fear that that they're only there to be nice. Nah, man. I mean, if you were anywhere near me, I'd pop in. If you ever want to do something out in Seattle, don't even worry about it. You got one ticket bought already. Don't even worry about it. Hell yeah, dude. I would love to set up a show out there. I'd fly out there in a minute. Dude, that'd be great. I mean, it's 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 Seattle. It's Washington. There's ungodly amounts of venues, ungodly yeah. amounts of artists trying to get their come up out here. The first audio bistro show, bro. It's the first audio. This is the intro show, and you are on it. So shout out Christian, forever for being the first guest and being open to coming on. Um, one thing people might not know about you is your uh, in your past life as a kid, you were a dedicated and talented shower singer until late high school. That's oh, you yeah. found your ta- you found your yeah. talent in the shower, like most of us realize. That's yeah. when we realize we have a voice or we don't. Is in the shower. Yep. Um, so I'm gonna hit you really quick. Top three shower songs. Go. Oh. Uh... 
Wow, this is an impossible question. Definitely like uh, Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. Ooh, yeah, um, you're a Sinatra guy. I forgot that. Big time. Um, then got to be like a John Mayer song, depending on the vibe. Today I was bumping like uh, War of My Life from, I think it's from from Battle Studies. And then, uh, I mean, something from the 70s, bro. Like either like a... I'm trying to think like even like Fleetwood Mac would be great. Like, or like a, like an electric light orchestra song, bro. Like, or honestly, dude, guilty pleasure. Someone that taught me how to sing was like just singing Adele, dude. Anything Adele. Really? Oh, dude. Un- unreal. That's I was like when you were going to say like Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas. Oh, well dude, Christmas time. Of course, man. Yeah. Yeah. Whitney Houston. I can't really touch Whitney Houston. That's a whole different ball game. Your voice gets up there. When you get when you get to the high notes, it's it's smooth as butter, man. Like nice, man. <laughs> you can you can get up there and it's nice. I mean, you got a of course not a bad. You got a really unique voice where it, Thanks, it doesn't sound like anyone else. And when when your voice carries high, it's it man, it's super nice. It's chill. <laughs> Thanks, but, man. No, I appreciate but, um, that. It took me a long time. Fleetwood, to if you ever get a chance, that. anyone get a chance to get out to Maui, just realize this: Maui, Hawaii. Uh, Fleetwood's has a little restaurant, a little spot out there that is fantastic. Oh um, wow, really? It's. Uh, I saw it in a, a big old poster when I when we got to the airport. I was like, we should go there for happy hour. They claim to be the world's best or the Maui's best happy hour. I think it's the drummer um, started up the place. It is very cool for sure. Lots of live music, of course, always. But a dope spot if you're ever in Maui. So I gotta go. I've never been to Hawaii, man. I gotta get there. Yeah, I didn't think I was ever gonna get out there. Um, I, I just. I never thought, especially like, ah, if I'm going to go myself, I'm not going to ever go myself. Um, yeah, so right. I, I am very happy. Solo trip to uh, Maui. Yeah, casual. Um, so I'm not sure if you know this. Uh, you've obviously, I'm, I'm not sure if you know the stats exactly, but I had to pull them for this. You've actually, uh, you've grown your audience quite a bit, your stream count quite a bit since, what uh, what was it, Ravine? Was that your first Spotify oh, drop? Oh, wow. Yeah, it was. In 2018? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Ravine. So... So let's kick it back. Let's let's recap Christian a little bit here. Uh, you went from seventeen, what about seventeen thousand streams in twenty nineteen? Then twenty twenty, you bumped up to one hundred fifteen thousand streams, and then just as last year, you posted that you got up to about three hundred sixteen thousand streams. So, heck yeah! Everyone at home, claps for Christian. Um, what do you what do you feel personally um, contributed to that the most in terms of continuously reaching new listeners, kind of growing your music, your sound? What, what, what's the what do you contribute the most? For Very sure, man. Course. No, that's a great, that's a great, I mean, thank you for observing that. I appreciate that, that, you know, the growth is important to me. Obviously, like, I'm never going to be satisfied, but I do try to pat myself on the back for like work, a job well done, you know? Um, and I think, you know, part of that was like learning how to run Facebook ads was like super important. Um, and that kind of has since died with like the updates to iOS and like meta being all weird. Uh, but, you know, that was helpful. That helped me get a lot more followers that actually found the music meaningful and that it, that you know, it resonated with them. You know, learning how to target, like learning myself, like what is my music actually like? What, what does the listener look like that would enjoy my music? And then target them by like finding playlists with songs that were similar to mine and then getting my song on that playlist so that I can put it in front of people that are actually going to enjoy that music. I mean, it took a while, a lot of reflection because my answer when people said, oh, what kind of music do you make? I'd be like, oh, well, it's like a mix of that and this. And then you mix in some of the a dash of this. And they were like, what the hell does that mean? So you have to be able to sort of give yourself an elevator pitch and understand, you know, beyond, you know, you need to really understand who you are, you know, um, and verbalize it or else you're, it's useless. Um, 
And then I would say, man, just consistent releases, you know, something that I try to keep in perspective is like any creators of any, anyone that's doing anything that's building anything. So you and this podcast, like anyone that's trying to create anything and craft something of their own is remember when you wanted what you have right now. That's huge for me because my growth is so much attributed to being able to put out songs when I want to because I have the resources now to create and record songs instead of having like a year go by because it takes so long to create a song because I didn't have the resources or the money. And now I have the friends, the resources, and the knowledge to put music out. So I'm grateful that I have that. And sometimes I take it for granted. So it's good to remind myself how lucky I am. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So you kind of, you kind of did the, the classic business strategy. You created that avatar. You got to, you figured out what you're, who you're going after that you want to listen to your music. And if, if anyone hasn't seen yet, Christian, of course, is on Audio Bistro's one of our very first playlist drop, uh, Indie Casserole. Um, Hell yeah. The only casserole you'll ever want to, <laughs> you'll ever want to eat. Um, packed with a bunch of indie, indie folk. I'm mean, you know, just plugging my own stuff now. Indie folk, you know, indie rock, um, electro indie, some indie chill stuff. But, uh, Christian's on there. Someone they, I think you've mentioned, you're pretty similar to is like a, what Mount Joy. Oh, I love Mount Joy, dude. Yeah, yeah, and so I was listening to some Mount Joy today. I, I mean, I love them. So when I listened to them, I was like, yeah, you know what? I can kind of see that and hearing your voice, and and then going back to them. Just, I went back and forth today just to for shits and giggles to see if I could kind of find that comparison. I was like, oh yeah, easily. So if uh, you can get on that playlist and check out a Christian song, and then go to do a Mount Joy song. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. I think it's a fair comparison. Appreciate that, man. No, that's a, that's a big inspiration of mine for sure. Um, love those guys. Um, but yeah, man, no, definitely keep, you know, that, that's a sick playlist and I'll push it out. Uh, after this, when we release it, I'm going to drop it to all my buddies too. So. Oh yeah. Hell man. Well, I appreciate that. Hey, well, so one, one last thing. Cause I was curious cause obviously, you know, mentioned this is my first podcast, a lot of emotion, a lot of, a lot of emotion, a lot of feelings, a lot of back sweat. Sure. Um, so when you're dropping when you're dropping Ravine, that first song you drop, what's what do you, what's your emotion when you're about to hit export on what DistroKid, whatever it is to put your music out there? Yeah. You know, what's that emotion? What's that feeling leading up to that very first release? And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm in this now. Yeah, you know, it was like it's an interesting question. I have to think about that. Like it was it was finally putting like I'd wanted to do that for so long. And I went through I had never thought that I'd be able to make something of my own. I always thought I would have to rely on someone else. So like being able to put something out that I crafted and that I'm showing, you know, I'm being vulnerable with, you know, if anything, it was more so just like I'm becoming, I finally being the person that I've always wanted to be. Because as I grew up, you know, you have a lot of identity crises, especially like being a football player growing up, you know, that's why I didn't sing to anyone. I thought that it would be soft. You know, I was always like a, I always predicated my game on, I can run through your face. I'll help you up afterwards, but I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt you between the whistles and then I'm going to help you up and pat you on the back and make sure you get the help you need. But like, and I'm still kind of like that. I play pickup basketball. You know, I try to be very competitive, but like, so the shoulder, oh, big time. But, but sometimes like, you know, I, I wanted to sing you a song, but I couldn't. Cause I was like, that's not, that's weird. So when I finally got to be who I wanted to be, it was like this, this amazing relief, you know, you could, yeah. I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but it meant a lot to me. 
No, absolutely, man. I don't. I, I don't know what's weird about singing to your boys in the in the shower after a, a win. Oh, now I yeah, do. Every, everyone, <laughs> everyone's riding the high. Let's let's sing together, boys. All right, who's who's got who's got the lows? Who's got the highs? Let's 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 go. Lead that charge. Yeah, we couldn't win any games, so we never got the opportunity, bro. <laughs> you made me want to run through a brick wall right there for a second. Holy shit, dude! I love I love it, man. I miss it. Were you QB one? For a time, I was. I was, and then mm. I, dude, I always had the. I was like. We had a very bad team, questionable coaching, whatever. I mean, but so I, I started for a little bit, but I was like primarily like a wildcat guy. So they'd put me in and I would just run QB power and like literally just like, like exchange blows with linebackers all game. It was horrible. Um, and then Lovely. my junior year, I, I started most of the time Then my senior year, dude, they actually ended up switching me to receiver that kind of just out of nowhere. And I was like pretty upset about it, but it got to the point where I was like, you know what? They're starting me at receiver. I'm going to figure out how to be good at it. So it just turned into like, okay, I don't get to touch the ball every play, but when I do, I'm going to make the most of it and had the most yards after the catch on the team. So, Team athlete. Yeah, yeah. it must have been at least a one star coming out of high school. I'm sure there was a recruiting star on there for you. No way, dude. I wasn't even on the platforms, dude. <laughs> strictly strictly for being <laughs> sick athlete. Does it all. Yeah, that would be, be dope. All right, Christian. Well, what's uh, what, what do you want to call this? Uh Maybe we'll call it the warming rack. You know, what are restaurants? What do they got with the when you got restaurants? You got food sitting on the warm thing, waiting. Yeah, to go like out. under the heat, like heat lamps. Yeah. Shit, I was in Expo once at, at Buffalo Wild Wings. I didn't know what this was called. It was, was it called like a warning? The heating lamps. Heat lamp. We'll call rack. it heat lamps. Why not? The, the heat lamps. The, the hot plate. Let's call it the hot plate for just today. Perfect. Why not? I, I think it's a little different. You can have hot plates at home, but screw it. Christian, what is on the hot plate? What is what is the warmest thing on your plate coming up next? You talked about a song with Nelly. Heck yeah. But uh, what should people expect to uh, look forward to? Yeah, no, so I've been planning quite a bit. I, I'm, I'm going to be releasing songs every, you know, five to six weeks for the rest of the year. Um, so I got another one queued up with Nelly, and I'm working on another song with my friend Anna from The Vaughns. Quick plug for Anna. She's awesome. Uh, and we're working on that, hoping for a midsummer drop. And then I got a lot of it, a lot of stuff in the pipeline. I'm actively working on you know, an EP on the side. I actually went out to Seattle and worked with a producer out there in February and put on a, uh, and, and recorded, Hold an, up. recorded an EP. Yeah. The fuck I was here in February. I didn't get no word. I didn't know you, dude. I didn't even know you were there. And also uh-huh. we were in, we were in Auburn. We weren't in Seattle. So we were like, Oh 40- man, I've been to Auburn plenty. Yeah. It was kind of a, an interesting, we went to like some, some sketchy restaurants. It was so funny, man. And we just did it out of his, his parents, like, summer house or their main house and they were traveling so we just like set the whole place up as a studio and he's like a real he's a pretty accomplished dude like he works with brandy carlisle and and the, and he had worked with the lumineers and stuff so cool Ooh. opportunity for me to be able to kind of test if i was actually good by being with someone that was been around so many like superstars and it kind of helped me confirm that i was actually you know actually talented you know what was the feedback he gave you well i mean he was really insightful when it came to songwriting and structure and he was, he recognized the power in, in my voice. You know, I take a lot of pride in that. And you had mentioned it before. I try to, that's like my main thing is I, my growing up is like, I, I cultivated like the, the most I could like a super powerful dynamic voice. So like we really utilize that and he'd be like, no, no, no. Like you can do that better. This is how you can do it better. And he wouldn't be able to do it, but he knew that I could. And I think that feedback helped me just get better at 
being a very finely tuned singer um because anyone can be like really loud and whatever it's about being dynamic calculated and tasteful i think is really important and he helped me learn that well at the very least people could take away from this the inspiration up and down this podcast from from christian today heck yeah um we'll have to get some of those somewhere out there get you some credit for those and I'm excited. You you mentioned Lumineers. I'm finally getting out to see uh, Lumineers. First time ever. Got tickets for Lumineers um, as a Valentine's Day gift, actually. Hell yeah. I think they're. I think it's at the Gorge out here in Seattle, in Washington. I've never been there, but, I mean, there's been great shows there. And it's been, a, like, a bucket list thing for me to get to the Gorge finally. And the uh, so first show there's going to be Lumineers. I am, I'm absolutely stoked about that. That's dope, bro. Um, I haven't seen them yet. I got to. I got to get and see them. I know. Yeah. You got to. I do. All right, man. Well, well, Christian, thank you so much for stopping by. Um it's been great talking to you. We'll stay connected and uh, can't wait for your next release. If anyone has not checked out Casino yet by Christian, it is out now on what all streaming platforms? It's called Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple. You got, you know, that, that hit them all. Am I missing any YouTube? The whole nine. Everything that you oh. can find music on, it's there. It's there. Christian's oh, yeah. face is on it somewhere. Oh, yeah. His music is there as well. It is there. Hell yeah, brother. Sweet Hell man. yeah, brother. Appreciate you, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Christian, stay well. Thank you. You too. Thank you.